Hey Nick, whenever you're ready, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys are good. Ready. All right. Heyo, we are Fantasy on Draft. I am your host, NMFL. Hosting with me today, Maddie Sadie. What up, Maddie? Hey, brother. How we doing? I'm great. I'm Joe Griff. How you doing, Joe? Hey, I'm feeling good. Preseason is over. We got real football coming up soon. Um, I think there was about 75% of drafts were probably done this week, maybe 85%. But the real OGs, those that know what's up, draft this weekend coming up. And if you're even elite, Monday, <laughs> we got our leader, our league of record, our main league is drafting Monday. Probably safe to speak for all of us, but we can't wait. I'm so excited. It's a holiday. Yep. It literally is a holiday, but it's like a double <laughs> holiday. Absolutely. <laughs> Our draft is uh, great. We get most of us together. We drink. We talk shit. We're going to golf the day before, mm. and we draft like mother effers. Yeah. I'm excited as usual for today's episode. We have some good stuff planned that we think you'll enjoy. But first, we'll just get a little housekeeping out of the way. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have you follow us and rate us there. Um, we have a Facebook page at Fantasy on Draft Podcast. We have a Bad Fantasy Football Trades page on Facebook, which is a fun place to post bad trades that have happened in your league or bad offers that you received. Or if JJ's in your league, he just sends you them over and over and over again. We'd love to see them and make fun of them. Shoot, they may even make the show. We're also on Patreon patreon.com slash fantasy on draft check us out there patreon is a place that you can help support the show financially for as little as a dollar an episode you can help support us and keep the podcast running seriously even a dollar an episode a cup of coffee a month helps us out a bunch helps us with the cost of running and putting out a podcast there's also perks of being a patreon member including mock drafts rookie rankings our discord channel and that way you can chat us up whenever you want. For today's episode, we're going to talk, I guess not a little, we're going to talk a lot of NFL news and notes. So much news, man. A lot of uh, unemployed NFL players right now. Cut day. Cut yeah. day for Cut sure. Cut day was kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, we're going to quickly talk about some NFL schedules and how they'll affect your fantasy team. And we're going to finish with a drunken trade, because why not? But first, let's get into our beer of the day. Joe, hit us up. All right. Today we have Water Ski Fight by Modern Times. Modern Times based out of San Diego. They're now up in Portland and somewhere else, right? They got a couple different spots. But anyway, out of San Diego. This is a West Coast IPA. It comes in at 6%, a little lighter than your average IPA, but kind of right in that wheelhouse. Um, description says, if you're into peaches and ripe citrus, this right here is going to be your jam. We stuffed this West Coast IPA with a thunderous avalanche of Citra and Galaxy hops, yielding a vibrant melange is that melange melange i think it's melange melange it's a melange it's a vibrant melange of stone fruit tangerine grapefruit and pineapple with a subtle floral character that really ties the whole shebang up with a delicious bow that's unfortunately word for word what i was going to say to describe it but uh matt i'll kick it to you what do you think about it that their description is just the classic oversell <laughs> <laughs> no it's good um i feel like with modern times it's kind of similar to Sierra Nevada, where if you taste their beer, you can taste just, you know, the company and the brewery and how they brew stuff. Um, I like this a lot. It's a really good IPA, really light, uh, easy to drink. Um, big fan. I'd probably say like seven out of 10. Nick, what do you think? I don't know. I always, I think I like, I always think I like modern times beer more than I do when I'm drinking it. I, I don't hate it. It's really good. It's, I mean, at 6% too, it's not overly you know, heavy, it's nice and light, but it just is kind of plain to me. Um, I think if I was, I think if I'd give it a score, I'd probably give it like a 5.8. I will drink it. No problem. I'll, I'll enjoy it. It just would not be something I would reach for if there was other options out there. I think I don't get a lot of peach and ripe citrus. I got some of that in the nose, but drinking it, I don't, I don't get a lot of that. And then stone fruit, tangerine, grapefruit, mm, subtle, I guess, would be the word that 
was mentioned there, but yeah, I, I gave it a five point eight. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm somewhere in the middle there. I was gonna say what was I gonna say? I don't remember now. Six eight or something like that. Something I I kind of thought the ABV would be, but um, we'll say six eight for this. I I'm, I'm in on the West Coast right now. I don't know if it's the heat or just I got burned out on the hazies, but I like West Coast. So this is very drinkable. Six percent is one hundred percent doable, and it tastes like six percent. Um, Stone fruit is not my favorite, so that that puts me off just a little bit. And the rest, I agree, it's not super aromatic or overly flavorful with all that stuff. So it's not juicy, um, which is okay. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I I've bought this. I think this is my second or third six pack of it, so I clearly don't hate it. But yeah, I'm not raving it's about it. It's awful. a good beer. Yeah, uh, modern times usually has a good price point too, so that's nice. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, a very approachable beer. Um, someone help me out. Stone fruit. I don't know what that is. I just know the taste from beers I've had. Clearly, it's a fruit of a stone. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, is it is it just a concentrated like? Uh, I honestly don't know. I just know the taste. Flavor? It's kind of it's kind of uh, flat, kind of bitter. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not juicy. To okay. Me. It just has kind of a funky little flat taste that I, I don't doesn't draw me in. Yeah, super drinkable. Like I was saying, and I, but I'm agree with Nick. Like, there's a lot of stuff they're saying in this. I'm like, eh, I'm not catching any of that, but it is easy drink. It is, you know, it, I, I like it. I'm a big fan, so I'm gonna come over and steal a couple of six packs that you bought. <laughs> Their social media is at Modern Times Beer. Their website is www.moderntimesbeer.com. When I was looking that stuff up, do you did you hear what happened with them? I mean, do you know what's going on a little bit? So they did their West Coast expansion. They went everywhere. They went up to Portland. They were in, I think, maybe Napa. They were in okay. Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Like, they blew up. Pandemic devastated. Ooh, oh, man. Devastated. Worst time they yeah. went, tried to go too big, too hard, right. and um, had to sell. No. That's yeah. Oh, and a brewery down in San Diego called Brewery X, which I've... I've never heard of. Yeah. I, I looked them up a little bit. I don't recognize any beers. They had a really big me- menu and they had tons of beers on it, so they sound like a pretty big place. Good brewery name. Um, they bid twenty million dollars and won the bid to purchase Modern Times. Whoa! I would have thought it would have been way higher than that. Uh, I'm sure that has to be taking on some debt and stuff as well. Whoa! But then backed out. Ah. Oh. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. I know. Roller coaster. <laughs> I know. So Maui Brewing, okay, had the second highest bid at like fifteen eight or fifteen point three million, and so they now Maui Brewing now owns Modern Times. This happened in June of this year, so not that long ago. Yeah, and nothing's really like happened yet like there hasn't been this is how maui plans to use that yeah, or, right right you know so that's just was interesting i i knew modern times was expanding like crazy and i knew that the pandemic was tough for them but apparently bankrupt them right, right i wonder right. if maui's just gonna let them kind of do their thing because they were successful before this so if they're like we you know obviously we own you know a proprietor of all this but like you guys just keep doing your thing. More or less like a silent gonna, investor, yeah, seed, seed money. Almost. We're gonna write the yeah. check. You guys were doing well. I mean, they were trying to expand right before the pandemic. So now that you have a little bit more bankroll, keep doing what you're doing. And don't expand as fast. <laughs> there yeah. is a brewery in Colorado, and I can't remember the name of it right now. That Maui had like a sis, brother sister deal with type of thing, mm. where it was helping them brew a lot of Maui brewing beer that we get here in the states, okay. so that they could concentrate on brewing enough for the islands. Yeah, and it said in the article I was reading, it said we don't know if that's going to continue with that brewery. It'll probably now happen with Modern Times, where gotcha, Modern yeah. Times will, like you're saying, Matt, I think still produce their own beer, but will also help produce Maui brewing beers so that we can still get them, you know, here I mean, in the, the transport's got to be so expensive. Uh, right. Yeah, Plus, right. not great for the beer either. Yeah. And, I mean, not to overstep over Modern Times, but, man, Maui Brewing's uh, tasting room is just the most beautiful place I've ever been. They have just a whole removable wall that just has these, like, rolling hills, and it's just like is sunset. this the main one in on on Maui? On Maui, yeah. Okay, it's yeah, between like Oahu. Yeah. yeah, it's between like the airport and then like the resort, and it's like where the island bottlenecks, and you can just stop there. and It's beautiful. It's like this huge wood building, and they just open up this window. It's probably like 
I don't know, 20 feet high and probably like 40 feet wide. And they just open it up and the whole dining hall just looks out in this just beautiful ocean and rolling hills. It's one of the most wow. gorgeous places I've ever seen. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Man, that sounds just like our studio here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into NFL news and notes. The one that popped off the most to me was Brian Robinson. He was shot in an attempted carjacking. That... I mean, that blew up all the alerts. Everything was going off on my, on my, my phone. I had, you know, Sleeper, Fantasy Life. Everything was just going crazy trying to... I mean, that was just what it said first. Nobody knew if he was going to be okay. Nobody knew what happened. But it turned out he was shot in the glute and the lower leg. No longer life-threatening. I mean, he's out of the hospital already. But, I mean... How does this affect him moving forward? Nobody knows. That hasn't even come out yet. Sounds like a real pain in the ass. Nailed it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I mean, when it comes to Antonio Gibson, I think they were worried that he was going to lose uh, some of his, you know, baby Lee's carries and whatnot. Um, and Brian Robinson was making a lot of waves. And so I think uh, depending on how long it takes him to get back, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson should probably, his ADP will probably jump up a little bit and, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone at the table, but obviously we're glad that Brian Robinson is fine. It sounds like he's going to make a full recovery. It doesn't sound like it's too terrible. You can speak for all of us when you say we're glad he's fine. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was kind of hoping he bled out. Like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's. Uh, we don't have a lot of details about the severity of it. It's they're saying, yeah, you know, it should be all right or whatever, but we don't we don't really know. You know, is there any nerve damage? Is it hitting bone? I, I really have no idea. So, um, Antonio Gibson does get a little bump. I'm just exceedingly cautious with that whole backfield in, in redraft anyways, yeah. you know, dynasty go out and get Robinson. I think no problem, but yeah, redraft, it's a little bit questionable and they, they did let Patterson go, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He would, he would have been their fourth. Now he probably would be their third, at least for the, the time being, but I don't know. I don't think it changes a ton, but a little more caution in redraft. I think it's definitely in the beginning of the season, Antonio Gibson's going to be a lot more valuable. Sure. Uh, um, Ron Rivera did call him the team's top kick returner. And it Ouch. did kind of sound like there was an argument that Brian Robinson could be the lead back. Um, so that was tough to hear with all the Antonio Gibson shares that I have. Luckily, I did get Brian Robinson in a few different places in Dynasty to help relieve that. But, yeah, I think that if you are in a redraft and you can get Antonio Gibson kind of late, why not? But be ready for that to possibly end if brian robertson comes back and is healthy so yeah he's one of those guys i think if he falls into your lap at you know late late and you've already have your lineup set and you're like i'll take i could risk this i i have confidence in my starters um you know you could stash him but yeah he's gonna have to show he's gonna show off have to show off this year he's i think there's a lot of people that are kind of hesitant to draft him in any kind of a redraft league yeah for sure marlon mack was cut think that just keeps setting the table for Damian Pierce just Damian Pierce time right I mean it's got to be I mean he's got Burkhead and that's about it there right so am I right no yeah, got, okay yeah yeah, yeah. He, yeah um so yeah I think Damian Pierce they're they're gonna run him they're gonna see what he's got um like we probably touched on before I think my big question is how good are the Texans gonna be is he gonna have enough opportunity is he gonna get any touchdowns um you know is he gonna get enough time where they're not behind and just throwing the ball but I, I mean, he's about it. So I would say the volume will be good enough to be a good player. His ADP is climbing, though. It is. I was talking to a guy that was drafted today, and he was trying to decide how early, you know, how early is too early. What do I, what do I do? So yeah, it's. Climbing. What's your number? Not as high as most people probably. I probably want him to be somewhere around the eighth or ninth. Mm. I just heard in a dynasty league that he got traded for a first and second next year for him. Yeah. That is, I mean, I, I, I he could be amazing, but that is a hefty, hefty price to pay for a guy that hasn't even taken one NFL snap. Right, right. But, I mean, sometimes in dynasty, that's what you have to do. You have to, you know, overpay now to get your guy, and hopefully later down the road it's, it wasn't an overpay. Yeah, those but, gambles can be fun. Yeah. Geno Smith was named the starting quarterback in Seattle. Do you think he won the job, or do you think Drew Locke lost the job? What do you I think, think, Matt? I feel like Geno drew the short straw. I don't think anyone was to start up there, honestly. But, 
Yeah, I, I, he's named the starter, but I think it's a he's on a very short leash. Uh, Drew Locke's right there, and I, I mean, think Drew Locke did not look good in preseason. Yeah. He turned the ball over like Jameis Winston in 2019. Yeah, and he was he was out right, and he was like out sick or COVID or something. COVID, and then yeah. when he did play, it was awful. Like, I I don't know. I don't I don't. Neither of those guys obviously is the long term solution, and I think Gino hangs on to that. I think if you have DK and you have Lockett, to me, Gino is who you want to win that job. But who I wanted to have that job was Jimmy G. I wanted him to go there. He did not. Jimmy Handsome restructures to stay with the 49ers. One year, $6 million, and a no-trade clause. This blew me away. Joe, what, I mean, were you thinking any of this could even be possible? I really, no. I hadn't considered that. I didn't know that was a thing that they would think about restructuring. I'm... I felt great when I read about it. I was like, man, this seems like a win-win situation. So the Niners can keep him a really good insurance policy for not a ton. I mean, $6 million is, is no joke, but for a backup as good as Jimmy G, that's that's great. And then for him, on his side, if he does end up playing and he ends up you know, earning money, he's going to get it. It's what, up to $17 million? I yeah, think so. If he, he has to play quite a bit and then go into the playoffs. But, yeah, he can, yeah. He can get up there. So I think mil. he's got to be happy because no one was, like, banging down the door to get him. So you don't want to go somewhere where you're not really wanted. Um, and he gets to stay in a pretty decent situation where he can step in and play with a very good team if Trey Lance either sucks or gets hurt. Um, and then he can still go elsewhere next year if he proves himself. So it's pretty awesome. And honestly, the Niners front office are going to look like geniuses if for some reason, you know, Trey Lance gets injured or maybe he's just not cutting it and they bring Jimmy G back in. It's a guy who knows the offense and he can absolutely succeed with him like he has. Um, and it's $6 million a year. That's that's a steal. So I think, uh, yeah, it should, be, it should be interesting. It's good he's sitting there. It's just a very nice safety net for that offense to have. I think that they will look really good if he got injured and Jimmy G came in. If he's not cutting it and they have to bring Jimmy G in because of that, that's, you're right, that's you're right. not a good thing. That's right. not a good thing for anybody but Jimmy G. I right, mean, the, right. as a Niner fan, that's going to be disappointing to blow the number three pick. But yeah. Well, not only blow the number three pick, but they gave up three firsts to get him at right, number three. Right. Like, that is oof, a lot. Expensive. Speaking of number three, <laughs> the 49ers third round pick, Trey Sermon, cut. Yep. A few days after Lynch said he was one of the best players at camp. Right. Do we think this means Mitchell's healthy and ready to go? Um, I think it's a combination of things. And I think, uh, you know, we hear about, like, coach talk and GM talk and everything. And I think Lynch saying he's one of the best players on the team was trying to get that last, like, what can we get, light that fuse, and see what we can get out of Trey Sermon in the last bit of camp and preseason. And I don't think he was obviously cutting it, so... I think Mitchell's still going to be the bell cow there. They have a lot of talent right behind him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I think uh, Mitchell's still going to get his 18, 20 touches, you know, whether it's running or, you know, check down passes. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Mitchell's still the bell cow there. Yeah, I'd like to say that Trey Sermon's going to, you know, re-sign with the practice squad and he'll be there ready to go because they, they they waived him in order to sign an offensive lineman, right? Right, That's the guy from, came the, down from to. the uh, Browns. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Trey Sermon, we've only gotten one year out of him, and he didn't do anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if some other teams out there are going to gonna swoop him up before he can sign with the practice squad. So, I, Matt, you said before we started recording, it's like, I feel like this is one of those situations where he's going to go somewhere and ball out. Yeah. <laughs> Just didn't get enough time to get traction with the Niners. But Well, it seems like him and Shanahan never like seen eye to eye. Like, when he got to training camp last year he wanted him to he wanted a lot of his running backs to start like returning punts or returning kicks and and he was like balking at it he was not a fan of it and it was like how do you immediately tell your head coach your offensive coordinators that's not something I really want to do it's like well you need to earn the running back spot which you know Mitchell did and then you know a couple other guys jumped on and they're like yeah whatever you need so it seems like there's always been a little bit of static I could be reading too much into it but I mean now that he's gone wasn't wasn't there some reports about Sermon and Ayuk? When you know Ayuk was clearly in the doghouse at the beginning of last year, for sure. And wasn't there some reports that the two of them were, were buddy buddy pretty good? Or oh, something? I you didn't hear that. that. Yeah, I don't but know I mean, about that. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I remembered hearing something about they were 
buddy buddying up and doing some stuff, dogging it here and there a little bit. Mm. And clearly, Ayuk was in the the doghouse yes, at the beginning of last year. Yeah. So yeah. maybe Sermon never made it out. Yeah. So yeah, big for Mitchell. I love him in redraft and TDP. I'm eyeballing him in dynasty. I want to see him do well. He looks like he's gonna be so much fun. You can't eyeball anybody. That guy is like 6'4", 600 pounds. You're, you're, you're looking up. We're all he, looking he's up. He's only this big on my phone when I look at him. So. Did you guys hear 12 teams, at least 12 teams, called the Vikings about Alexander Madison? You think that's actually, you think people are actually looking to try to get him? Yeah, I think, I'm sure they are, but I'm sure the Vikings are telling them to kick rocks. Like, Dalvin Cook's not getting any younger, and Madison's shown he can be the guy. So, unless teams are willing to, you know, bring a money truck, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I'm with Joe on this one. It sounds like, I mean, a lot of teams should be interested. He's a stud talent, and, you know, we've seen him fill in for Dalvin Cook because Dalvin's never finished an entire year playing every game. He's never played a full season. Um, he's uh, done a really good job substituting. So, yeah, they're not going to give him up for nothing. And I think they like the spot they have him at, and he's a really good safety net for uh, Dobbin. Yeah, I drafted Alexander Madison in a, in a dynasty league, and I was pretty pumped. I'm like, you know, he's young. We'll, I'll get him. I'm not trying to win now, so I'll, I'll hang on to him, and then he'll take over. And then I looked up Dalvin Cook's, like, his contract, Mm-hmm. And they have him for a couple years. Hey, his they, still, they, still have a couple, they still have a couple years on Dalvin, or yeah, on Dalvin. And I, I didn't know that. I thought Dalvin was getting close to like move on time. Mm-hmm. He is uh, seventeen million this year, over six million next year, and three million the year after. That's just dead money. That's if they were to cut him. Oh, okay. Um, his contracts are much more fourteen. Sure. 15 and but so he doesn't have a zero dead cap until 2025 um i mean three millions three millions not bad not that bad it doesn't happen a ton but you can you can flip those two guys at that point right like if madison's balling out and like hey dalvin we love you let's keep you here we'll save you yeah yeah right Uh, exactly Yeah, I was just surprised. I thought Alexander Madison was like, okay, this will be the year. Next year, let's go. Right, right. And it's not. So, yeah, I think it would be good for teams to call him, but you're right. It's probably costing too much. Dolphins release Sony Michelle, and he promptly signs with the L.A. Chargers. Matt, do you have any interest? Do you think he's going to do anything here? You know, I used to love Sonny Michelle. I kind of, you know, I sought after him quite a bit, especially he was on the Patriots. Um, now he's kind of at the point where he needs to really prove it to me and not just one, you know, flash in the pan game. I think he really, uh, before I have any kind of insider trying to pick him up or, you know, even in a deeper league, he is kind of a best case scenario, bi-week fill-in, last resort kind of uh, running back right now. So hope from, he scores a touchdown. Hope he scores, it falls in. Um, if he got 75 yards and a touchdown, I'd be ecstatic. So that's the kind of player I think he's at at this stage. Uh, with that offense, he could do well, but no interest for me. Yeah, I have very limited interest either way. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that means to me really is Chase Edmonds is a little more appealing to me. I just had one of my my little small work league draft, and I did take Chase Edmonds because it's like, okay, that's well, one fewer right, guy in that right. backfield. Mostert, you know, he can do some nice things, but he's he's getting older. He's had some injuries, and Gaskin just didn't do anything in the last couple of years. So I do think Chase Edmonds is more solidified as the guy. Yeah, I do um, too. And geez, I mean, if you're letting Sony Michelle go, and those are the other two guys, that doesn't say a ton about Sony Michelle going to the Chargers. Um, Spiller was a little banged up there, so I think that's just you know another body for him, just in case. But that's about it. That was going to be my next question. Any concern with Isaiah Spiller now, or just think it's kind of just an extra body to get in there? Right. More extra body. More (laughs) extra body. Yeah. All right. Jaguars traded LaVisca. LaVisca Chenault, he went to the Panthers. Matt, do you think this means anything for the Panthers? Uh, I think it's an upgrade for LaVisca. Um, I I do like Trevor Lawrence. Because of Baker? Because of Baker. Uh, <laughs> I think Baker's going to have make a little bit more opportunity. LaVisca is talented, but he hasn't really put up any points that are staggering. He's still really young, and he can adapt to a newer offense. You know, playing with Jacksonville, he had a younger quarterback. I think they never got a rapport going. Am I seeking him out? Not really, but it is something that is kind of my radar. If he puts a couple games together, it's something you want to 
probably take a look at. And he's going to be lined up opposite of Robbie Anderson over there. And, you know, DJ Moore is there too. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Robbie Anderson's a little bit older than I thought he was. Yeah, he's, he's older. Recently guy, yeah. looked at looked at him, and and that I surprised me. I thought it, he was younger than he was, so I could see just kind of filling him in. I don't know though if he's going to come in and do anything. I mean, he didn't really do anything in Jacksonville. I mean, every now and then you get the ball in his hands and you see some of that pizzazz that he has, but for the most part, eh. yeah. I was kind of surprised they move on from him. I like I thought we could just take that first Jaguars year and just throw it away. Like Urban Meyer was right. a disaster. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence was new to the league and got no help from anything. I was like, you know what? You know, ETN went down, so they only had James Robinson. James Robinson was hurt. Like that was a that was a mess. I was like, so I was kind of surprised to see him move on from Chenault. Like one year and done after just a disaster. So I don't know if there's something else going on there, like people not getting along or what, but um, so I, I see it as a lateral move going over for, for Chenault, but I'm surprised that he's that he's gone. I think that if CMC was to get hurt, I would poke around LaVisca just to see for a week or two, see if anything, if he was getting any of that stuff kind of close to the line, any of those kind of dump-offs and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, I'm not interested either. Yeah. Kenyon Drake was cut, but signs with Baltimore. Joe, what do you think this does for J.K. Dobbins? Joe, you uh, got a lot of J.K. Dobbins, don't you? Don't no, you I don't. Oh, I, I did have Kenyon Drake, though. And That's he, I had him as a handcuff to Josh Jacobs. There we go. Which, That's... yeah, that, that all just started falling apart. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually traded him to Nick um, because Nick does have Dobbins, and he's got a lot of shares of Dobbins. Right. So, and I traded him before the limp today. We, yeah, we handled that. this yeah. last night. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was a reasonable trade. I got White for the for the Raiders. I almost just took out Drake and just went. Let's just do picks for. And then I was like, you know what? No, I can take Drake. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I th- yeah. I thought Drake would have more appeal to you, knowing that Dobbins is hurt and Drake's going to step in there and get some work early, not long term. Yesterday. Today he does. Today he does. Yeah. Okay. So that worked out as a good trade. But yeah, no, I don't think it affects J.K. Dobbins much at all like once Dobbins is healthy I think he steps back in and is the guy um so I'm not worried about Dobbins share once he's healthy um but I think you know Drake can be useful especially in those first few weeks for sure yeah I think that he is a body that has a little juice compared to some of the other guys that they were bringing in Mm -hmm. in Baltimore so yeah I think the same thing I think he can definitely be useful especially in the beginning until J.K. Dobbins gets fully back. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think there's just he's kind of a fill-in if he if J.K. Dobbins is banged up, and they just want to make sure it's like, okay, let's not run this guy into the ground. He's a good option to kind of fill in a couple runs, maybe take a series out, and just uh, make sure that they keep their workhorse just healthy and in the game. It's weird. Like, Drake, he kept thinking he's going to catch on somewhere, but he just keeps getting punted around like Miami, bye. Arizona, bye. You know, Vegas, bye. Every like, time what? they give him the ball, he does well. I, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Strange. Uh, Jalen Rager traded to the Vikings for a 7th and a 24-4th that has the potential to go to a 24-5th. My buddy Austin hit me with the... Uh, Eagles got a better trade for Rager than the Cowboys did for Cooper. And that's Ooh. kind of funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, Rager, does he even move the needle for you guys? Not yet. Uh, I hope this, I, you know, you kind of want to see him do well. He is one of those like hot names where you're like, I think he may be able to do well, but he just did. He hasn't. He just hasn't produced. Uh, I think he'll, he's kind of just in that no man's land of wide receiver three wide receiver four situation where he's a just a desperation uh fill in and until i mean if he has a rapport with cousins he could do well but i i'm not seeing it yet yeah he had, he was he was hype train coming oh, yeah, into right, the league right big name I mean, yeah. pretty big and so and he know, got and he, and he got drafted before jefferson in the same class yeah 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 no i don't i don't see much happening there i mean thielen and jefferson are, are the men there and osborne is <clears throat> that's what i was sneaky say, good yeah. yeah he's he's the next guy up for sure and he, there was some crazy stat about him like oh, i should look it up but osborne had more touches than some crazy names I'll, I'll look it up when we get a second and throw it in at the end but um i like amari cooper like 
there's it's, it's weird yeah no i'll look it up and come back circle back to it but yeah no i don't think this affects anything for the vikings um it's kind of an incidental it may be three years down the road and we change our minds but i feel now. like i feel like he's gonna have like one or two plays a year where you're like oh man that's like that's what they expected and then it's just like next game one for 11 yards right. and you know yeah yeah my i was just gonna bring up osborne too that's my only concern about it he means absolutely nothing to me unless he's getting snaps and Osborne isn't. That's the only thing right. that I'll be frustrated with. Um, anything else I missed in uh, news and notes? I think we talked about it beforehand. That's we pretty did. much all of it. Yeah, one that came to me, and it's minor too, but O.J. Howard, speaking oh, of yeah. hype train, yeah. like that guy was so hyped um, down in Tampa Bay, and then he got with the Bills. I'm like, okay, maybe he'll push Dawson Knox. He got released. And the news now is that he's expected to sign with the Bengals. Okay. Which is interesting because they have Hayden Hurst and they got Uzoma coming back at some point. I'm not sure what his timeline is. So they have a couple of serviceable tight ends yeah. there. And they're there sounds like they're gonna try to bring him in. So holy moly, Burrow has all the targets. Like he's just gonna close his eyes and throw it downfield, oh, man. Anywhere. Yeah. I think OJ Howard I mean, for as athletic and as much as he was brought in, I feel like now people just want him for the blocking back or blocking tight end that he is. So yeah, he, maybe he is a big dude. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, all the hype there. He he went in standard leagues eighteen, ten, thirty two, fifty four, sixty one. Just yeah, worse and worse and he worse. He did. Um, he had an Achilles right Oof. a couple of years ago. I think he's got two of them. I think. But. Well, I think he's got one and a half. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> my, that's my point. He, he doesn't yeah, right, have two right. healthy ones. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, this last season was the only season he played all, and he played all 17. Before that, he had missed a bunch of games. But, yeah, 17 last season, but it didn't matter. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he was just blocking the whole time. I don't know. There's yeah. something to be said for guys who play every game, like these Ironman guys that play every week. And obviously it didn't pan out so much for O.J. Howard, you know, producing no. in fantasy. But, I mean, it's it's crazy to hear that in such a physical game. Yeah. You know, now they're, like, kind of pressing for – two bye weeks which i'm in a big favor of. it makes oh, so yeah. much sense doesn't it get rid of another preseason game like get, make games that matter i don't know but give these guys a break man. spread they're them getting, out spread out the bye weeks they're, right yeah, they're yeah. just getting smoked and so yeah. it just for guys that are like yeah every week suit up and you know such a physical game it's yeah. very impressive to me have you guys watched hard knocks yes yeah. yeah so when dan campbell he puts them in pads early right yep. he's like you must think i'm out of my goddamn mind the thing I really appreciated is he's, he's like, look, I've looked at the research. I've looked at the data, yeah. and the data says for injuries, it's better if you get contact early. Maybe, you know, to, to an extent, yeah. but he's like, I'm, I'm doing this for you guys long term. Um, and he also, he's sitting there, and they're in the little auditorium, the player meeting room. He's like, fellas, this is the best you're going to feel all year yeah. right now, <laughs> right? And he's like, soak it in. It only gets worse from here. And I'm like, oh. Watching him do, um, what were they doing, up-downs? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he does he, it with them? Oh, he was, oh, man, he was doing it with them, and I was just like, Jesus, man. He's badass, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's in there with them. He's in yeah. the weeds. You gotta, players got to love that. Absolutely. I forgot until this conversation how angry I was that they benched Eli Manning when he was in his Iron Man. That's right. That? Oh, they I did. totally forgot about yeah. that. It was just like, oh, yeah, no, got to bench him, and then... Daniel Jones was awful, and so they went right back to him the next week. Like you, at least everyone's like, yeah, they'll at least start him and then give him a drive, and then you know, like we got to see what the young kids got. But yeah, to just not start him, that was so ugh, disrespectful. What a piece of shit. That yeah. makes me. I'm like angry right now. And that was so long ago, and I don't even like you. Like Eli's that. your boy. <laughs> <laughs> him and Stinky Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> you folks at home can't see it, but uh, Nick has a Eli Manning jersey framed in his living room. You should see my Eli underwear I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, God, he's showing. <laughs> Those are nice. <laughs> oh, no. This week's show is brought to you by Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. This fine establishment has hands down the best burgers in town. Actually, we did just win best burger in town today. Marvelous. I love it. And has 64 beers on tap. Come check them out at 301 Broadway Street, Chico, California. They have a great happy hour from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, with a dollar off beers and some great food specials, including $3 tacos. Once again, that's Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. All right, Maddie, you are, did some pretty good research here, and you're going to start us off talking about basically NFL schedule versus your fantasy team type. 
easiest schedules, hard schedules? Yeah, basically looking into what your teams are looking at towards the stretch and what kind of players you know you, you're drafting. This isn't to basically show who you should draft, but like if you're on the fence about someone late round, maybe look into it. Or if you're making that mid-year trade and if you're going to make a run, who you might be facing in the playoffs or who they may be facing. Uh, so with the top three easiest schedules, um, Washington Commanders came in uh, at number one with a their opponents had a 462 win percentage. Uh, easiest schedule by far. And actually the NFL East uh, or NFC East actually has uh, overwhelmingly the easiest schedule as a division. So yeah, the top. The, like it. Yeah, it's not even close. Uh, so Washington Commanders uh, 462 and down in fantasy playoff uh, stretch they play the Niners the Browns and the Cowboys uh, number two with the easiest schedule is the Dallas Cowboys I mean, you got some great players there you got Zeke you got Dak these guys are going to make you know a lot of teams pretty good this year and they're probably going to matter uh, and in the fantasy playoffs you're looking at Eagles Titans and Commanders and number three uh, Philadelphia Eagles at 464 again an NFC East team and the last three teams they play are the Cowboys Saints and Giants and some honorable mentions, uh, Giants at 465, and then the Detroit Lions at 467. So just some teams you kind of want to take a look at if you have players on those squads. Uh, they might be able to excel towards the uh, towards the end there, especially like Cowboys or maybe the Eagles who are making a playoff run, and they're going to start all their uh, starting players. Uh, go ahead. No, I just I love the Cowboys offense. So I mean, I always almost always end up with Dak. I've been getting CD in a lot of places and you know Pollard and Zeke so that's great the Eagles Titans commanders don't sound horrible in the the playoffs and then Jalen Hurts for the Eagles Cowboys Saints Giants in the in the playoffs that sounds pretty delicious it's just hilarious to me that the entire NFC East is in this it's just they stink yeah it must <laughs> just be who they're playing well they play each other they play each, yeah so right two games and then yeah whoever they must be playing whatever you know division they're playing must be bad too yeah, and then on the polar opposite, the NFC West, as we'll talk about here in a second, has the hardest division schedule. Which, Damn straight. Which I thought it was actually going to be the AFC West with Oakland and, or I'm sorry, with uh, Las Vegas, with Denver. All those teams were so loaded. I thought those teams were going to be difficult. But the NFC West is. That's probably because Denver was so bad last year. It's uh, absolutely possible. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, go ahead. The hardest schedules. So, yeah, the hardest schedules, uh, rightfully so. The Rams coming at 567, uh, Super Bowl champs. And then towards their uh, fantasy playoff run, they're going to be playing the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. Not terrible. Uh, their schedule overall is pretty intense. I think towards the end, if you have some players that are playing those teams, they're all fighting for a position. They're going to be playing some uh, good teams. They're going to have their starters out there. Uh, number two, uh, Arizona Cardinals at 543. And they finish up playing the Bucks, Falcons, and 49ers. And then the Super Bowl runner-ups, uh, Bengals at 536, playing the Patriots, Bills, and Ravens. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of nice. And Wait, then... Kind of nice? I would say so, yeah. Really? Play, Patriots, the, Bills, and Ravens, that's about as tough a three-game stretch as you can get. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so for the Bengals. I think they get stronger as they go, and they're going to try and get top seed. I think they, they play hard, no, and they, I think, even though it's a hard schedule, but I think those three, if you have any of those, I don't... I'm just that saying those affect. three teams. I have a hard time thinking of three teams I'd le- like rather not face those defenses than Patriots, Bills, Ravens. Like Joe Mixon's off my board for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do not draft list. <laughs> I mean, where I'm at, he won't be. I, yeah, like literally that. Those three teams in the playoffs, and where I draft at, I would either have to like reach and, and no, he's off. He's done for me just because of those three teams. Yeah, that's that's a gauntlet right there, and I agree with you. The Bengals will be fine as a team, but that's those are going to be tough, tough games. I like it. I like your guys. Uh, and I it's mean, winter. Yeah, it gets I don't you know right. if those yeah. are home or away, but it doesn't good matter. Yeah, Cincinnati, matter. New England, yeah, Buffalo, and yeah. Baltimore. Like, All outdoor games. God damn. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, honorable mentions: uh, the Bucks coming at five thirty-five, and then tied fifth are the Niners and Chiefs at five thirty-three. And then just to throw this out there, this. Ain't, most people have already drafted. I think we were talking about it, about 75 to 80% of people have already drafted. But this is something you need to look into. Uh, there are two weeks this year that are just bi-week hell. Week nine, you got the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Steelers, Giants, and 49ers all on by. And then week 14, the week before fantasy playoffs, we've got Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, and Saints, and Commanders. 
So those are some pretty hefty bye weeks. Uh, it'd be tough to go into week 14 and find out that Dave Montgomery or Aaron Rodgers, who was just holding your team together, uh, are sitting out right before. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, absolutely. Week 14. Are you kidding me? Why are there I, buys in week 14? And then I believe it was week 12. No buy. No one's. And Stupid. I don't know. I don't know week in, what weekend that falls on week 12. I think it's something important. But Maybe like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving probably. Yeah, it's pretty. Is but it was no bye week. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting schedules this year. But, you know, like I said, this isn't something that should affect your draft order unless you are looking at Joe Mixon, like Nick was saying. But this is something that you should consider if you're going to trade or you're making a run and you're trying to, you know, improve your lineup or you're seeing something that's caught your eye. Uh, it's always something to kind of keep an eye out for. Or your, your backup quarterback. You know, you Absolutely. got one guy, don't get a backup with the same bye week. <laughs> also, if you're in my Dynasty League and – you have a trade offer to give me Jamar Chase, you should probably do that because nobody, the Bengals. Bengals, yep. Undraftable, all of them. (laughs) So get Jamar Chase off your team onto my team. That's you, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our drunken trade of the week. This is brought to you by At Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. Usually the posts posted to the facebook page are awful i mean you know it's stuff we hope to see it's a bunch of bench players for a bunch of stars and they make us laugh sometimes though someone posts a trade like it's the worst they've seen and the consensus is it's not that bad i would say that is today's drunken trade looking at it it is one team one side is getting justin jefferson who's almost untouchable but giving in return DJ Moore, a 23 first, a 24 first, and a 25 first. Joe, which side? I'm taking I'm taking those picks and DJ Moore. Uh, and I Justin Jefferson, I, you said he's almost untouchable. Sure. Like, he is the man. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, if I'm in contention and I need another receiver and I have the picks, maybe. But that haul to me... One extra first rounder per year plus DJ Moore, who's a stud. I'm taking that side. Yeah, I'm with Joe on this one, and this almost seems like it came from a team that made it to the championship last year and lost because of a wide receiver. This is them seeking out that elite wide receiver and giving up the house for it. I think uh, they're, yeah, I'm taking the picks and running, and you can have Justin Jefferson, but. That this is uh this is very interesting. I want to know how much thought process went into this. I want to know if anything got rejected or pr- proposed after this because this is uh this is very intense. Do either of you guys have Justin Jefferson in Dynasty? No, I, I wish. Do. You do? I do. And you would give him up for this, huh? Yeah, I probably would. Man, I would not. Hmm. No, I would not. I mean, you gave up. You gave three firsts for Ceedee Lamb, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would do that in a heartbeat. I would gi- I would give all this up for Justin Jefferson easily. I need to go and, find me some Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and, and DJ Moore is one of my favorites. Yeah. But especially if it's going by what you're saying, Matt, which kind of does make sense that those could be late firsts as well. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson is just a dog, man. He is good. Absolutely. And I, I think he is going – besides chase as the highest wide receiver in you know startup dynasty leagues for sure this like i said i think this team got close and this guy's like this is my missing piece this is what i need sure and then he's gonna run it out with his uh with his team for as long as he can you know next couple years and then maybe a rebuild but i mean the trade that i keep mentioning i have it out and it's four firsts and jamar chase and jk dobbins and some other players and stuff but yeah for me i would I want Justin Jefferson in this. But I also, I don't know which side the person that posted this was saying it's a bad trade. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. this is, I could see that. I could see the other side of this where I mean, someone. I don't, I don't know, like, neither side. I mean, it's a, I think it's a fair trade. I just think it depends on if you would do it or not, but it, it yeah. seems fair. Yeah, I don't think it's an outrageous trade I, at all, I, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know, DJ Moore has been so good with so little Twelve hundred yards and four touchdowns with nobody. With nobody, and contrary to the belief in this room, I don't think Baker is a big upgrade I for fantasy. About Buck Baker, switch it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, but Baker, like Baker didn't help his Browns receivers be studs. They went to the playoffs. Sure. They went to the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> I mean, Landry had really good years, and Kareem Hunt had really good years. And, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be, I don't think OBJ and him will ever mesh. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we, I, we, you're right. We talked about this. That, that could be true. But, I, yeah, so DJ Moore, regardless, maybe he gets a bump with Baker, maybe he doesn't. But Even if he doesn't, he's still 1,200 yards. Just, I mean, yeah. Right. And then what, what do you do with those other three firsts? Like, sure, you could flop. But, man, what if you go get, like, a stud quarterback and, a, and this man. and that? And do you, Whew. I mean, do you then take those three firsts and trade them for Debo? You know, does, would that get that done? I mean, and mm. now you have DJ Moore and Debo or something along those lines, you know, like, right, if, right. If you're willing to turn those three firsts around, I'm sure you could get some. I mean, T Higgins, could you get T Higgins for three first? I mean, I don't I don't know why anybody would really turn that down. I'd rather have three first, but it's that's no, that's that's, that's my point. Oh, yeah. I see what you're but saying. but yeah. if you want it, you know, now you got DJ Moore and T Higgins. Maybe it's only two first. Right. You know, I mean, right. So I, uh, yeah, the arguments that is is definitely there to be made. If if you just want, you know, the one eleven, one twelve, the next year, whatever. Yeah. But I think if you're willing to do more work, you could. Yeah, I think you could turn that around and make it definitely in your favor. And there's always, you know, you want to look at this guy's lineup and see what picks he has. Does he have his first picks? You know, like does right. he is he doubling right. down? Is he getting right. two picks a year? Is he they're gone? Like. Maybe he's in the middle of a rebuild, and he's like, I'll take these picks, absolutely. So it is... Uh, Shit, I would take my six firsts that I now have and trade for <laughs> whoever I want. You can get crazy. <laughs> I'd trade for Jeff, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> trade him back. <laughs> I got him back, guys. So there was a, a couple other trades I saw posted online today. This one, this guy says, I, it was on Facebook, and he says, I know I'm overpaying for Pierce and offering this and don't care, but the fact that he turned it down is complete garbage and mind-boggling. I need some thoughts on just how much of an overpay this is and what you guys think of the decline, and people just shit on the guy that declined it. So the guy that's offering is getting Damian Pierce, mm-hmm. future Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, I thought he was in the Hall of Fame already. <laughs> He's giving up Christian Kirk, Sky Moore, and uh, Pacheco. Hmm. Eh. That seems fair. It, it totally seems that, that fair. Doesn't to seem, me. That doesn't seem yeah. outrageous on either side. That seems like, de- yeah, I don't. See I, I would take the Pierce side hands down. I would decline this as well for, for me. And I mean, people were just in the comments just being like, that is the biggest overpay I've seen in a long time. Wait, we're, 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 we're talking about a rookie who hasn't played an NFL snap yet. We're talking about a guy in a Two new rookies off- that haven't played. Right, right, you're right. And then a new wide receiver in a new system that hasn't even proven to have any kind of rapport with a young quarterback. I don't see why this would be outrageous at all. I don't I don't either. And to self-proclaim that it's an overpay. I mean, the fact it is overpay on hype on both sides. I mean, Damian Pierce is hype, but Sky Moore is super hyped and climbing. And Pacheco, I mean, he's a six-round pick that... They keep bringing backs in there too, so yeah. I don't. I don't know. That to me didn't seem outrageous that he would decline it at all. I mean, I yeah, that's one. Yeah, again, we we always have to reference the roster build and where they're at. But yeah, it's fine. Right, right. In a vacuum, yeah, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> one other one I saw. Another guy posted. This one was for uh, league um, commissioners, and he was like, "Hey, I don't know what to do." He said, "This went down in my league, and." Half of my league, or it was like six of ten or something, talked to me and said it needed to be vetoed. I want to get back to that after we're done talking about this drunk trade of the week about vetoes. And it's Adam Thielen. I'm pretty sure it's redraft. Um, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Saquon Barkley for Hunter Renfro, Cortland Sutton, and Christian McCaffrey. Still seems kind of divided down the middle. Honestly, fine. that's what I yeah, think. That's, that's going to alter both teams completely. But those are both. You got some studs on both sides, and you got some kind of wild cards. I think that's a depends on what your lineup looks like and who yeah, you who you. Ha- it's like a almost a an eye test and your you know your gut feeling about your players. Yeah, I would call. We can get into it when Matt was talking about. But yeah, I would call shenanigans if the league voted that down or the commission vetoed it. I'm like, what? Why? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. No, that. I mean, yeah. It seemed to me like perfectly fine. Both yep. sides. I, yep. Okay. Yeah, that seems great. 
What's your gra- I mean, we all have great, but what's your thing? Yeah, on well, I want I want to get your guys' uh, take on this. I actually have left a league because of the um, drastic overuse of vetoes. I it left such a terrible taste in my mouth. I was in a league that it didn't matter what the trade was. It was it could be perfectly fair, whatever, and people would veto it just because they didn't want other teams to get better, which is just bad sportsmanship in a league. It's terrible. Horrible. And what it did was it makes me not even want to be part of a league where that's an option. Because if you can't trust other people in the league, don't get me wrong, you try to get one by every once in a while, you're like, man, I saw this guy play, he didn't look great. But you never want to be dirty about it. And I just was thinking, like, I would never want to be in a league where I thought someone was dumping players to another team, like some kind of collusion. And I was wondering what you guys thought. Are you guys in any leagues where vetoes are an option? So the, I'm not in any right now. So The Dynasty League that I just joined with you, we, you know, you sent it to me. I was like, yeah, I'll play. The first thing I did was go to settings, and I wasn't looking for the veto, but I was just looking, wanted to see what the settings were, and it said number of votes for vetoes, and it had like five or six or whatever, and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. And then right below that, it says allow voting vetoes, and that was turned off. So it's just weird that it had that number, but instantly I was like, I'm out. I'm not going to do this at all, and then I saw that, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll stay in. Yeah. I've brought this up with someone else, and they were saying that they're in a league where, oh, they're like, yeah, we have vetoes, but only three people need to vote for it to pass. And I was like, so two people that are involved and then one other random person in this 10 or 12 man league is, why do you even have the option at that point? And it just kind of made me like curious, like some of these leagues are that I mean, bad? That's, I don't hate, of all the ones, I don't hate that one the most because the other option is every single person in the league says no, right. then maybe you do have something. But right. yeah, I wouldn't want to be in a league that that has that. And I commish like 10 leagues and one the first thing is is i look for quality people to be in my league right of course i mean that's that's the first thing and then two i think the way that we the three of us and then we have a few other guys in our group and and all the leagues that we're in you just know like who to trust and talk to like i'll come to you guys and be like hey like this trade went down in my league like do you have any issues you think there could be anything here and you just for me, I just talked to my core group. I vetoed one trade in the last like twelve years, and it was Trevor and Miyagi. And it, I don't remember what the trade was. I actually just brought it up to Trevor the other day, and he was like, "Oh yeah, this guy," and it was bad. And they sent it through and accepted it, and I just vetoed it. I was like, "No." And then I wrote them both, and I was like, if you send it through again, if you really meant it and you send it through again, I'll, I'll let it go again. And they promptly sent it through again, and I was like, oh, man. So I sent it, I let it go through, and then I went and talked to both those guys, and yeah. I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, this is bad. Was it obvious one team was dumping and the other, and the other team was making it better, making a run? It was just, yeah, one team was definitely getting better and the other team was getting, you know, it was a dynasty league and that does change, you know, some things. But I, I just went to him and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, explain yourselves. Yeah. And then it came out that, oh, well, Trevor needed to be off work early. And so it, Miyagi would accept the trade or, you know, if so-and-so came in. Outside wheels were in motion. Yeah. So I... um I said, okay, you know, like, if you guys want the trade to go, I'm going to take a second from Miyagi, and I did. That's what I did. I, I took a second from him and uh, put it on Trevor's roster, and I was like, that makes the trade more fair. And and then told basically the rest of the league, if anybody wants to talk to me about it, you can come talk to me about it, yeah. and I'll, I'll explain my, you know, reasonings behind it and stuff. But that's that was it. That was the only time I ever had anything like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts there, Joe? Oh, I agree with you guys. I, I hate the idea of vetoes. I feel like if – if the league isn't solid enough to where that stuff isn't happening, like you said, and if you can't just go to the commissioner and be like, hey, like, what do you think? Put it out to the people. And then if everyone really has a big issue, you know, you can talk about it. But it, it, it takes an extraordinary circumstance for a trade to get vetoed. And, yeah, you hope no one's cheating or dumping or whatever. Um, so, I don't, I, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with vetoes. Um, unless it's like an accident trade. Like, wait, you meant Adrian Peterson, right? Not other Adrian Peterson or whatever. And, you know, we had a stretch, I think it was like two years in a row, maybe three years in a row in our our main league, our Keystone League, um, where there were some trades that went down and 
everyone was talking shit. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty too. I was like, what in the world? And it went the exact opposite way. And here we are talking about drunken trades of the week and we're on the other side of some stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy for guys in kind of a, you know, a weird league to, you know, go to their buddies in the league and be like, this is bullshit, right? And they'd be like, yeah, bullshit. Da, 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 da. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're vetoing this thing and it's like, well, no, you shouldn't be doing that. So I, yeah, I don't like it. Um, let it go. And that's, you know, I mean, the whole reason that trades even work in a league is because you value people different than I value people. You value people different than I value people. If we all valued everybody the exact same, we couldn't yeah. trade anybody. Yeah. You know, so that is how it works. And I was just going to bring that up too. This number of trades that I've made that I have won, I won that trade. And at the end, I'm like, God, I would give anything to switch. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was just kind of, I was thinking about that and it was kind of bugging me. And I think that kind of leads into a little bit too. It's, it's the integral part of the league, but also the consolation bracket. Like we have the trouble in our big league. And so until the very last week, you want your team to be good. Right. And then until you start, you know, you're either out of the trouble or you're out of the playoffs. And, you know, that's past the trade uh, deadline. And I think that's just kind of a huge part of it. It's you're constantly trying to make your team better until the very end. Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine who is just getting into um, a fantasy league. And they were they couldn't really find a spot, and they were saying, "Oh, I'm gonna do it online." And I was like, "Well, the thing is with people you don't know, is that by week six, someone who might be one and five or two and four, they may just stop setting a lineup. Yeah. It's nice to know who is in your league because you're they're gonna go until the very end. Like absentee ownership in fantasy is a problem, yeah. and that's why it's fun to know people, know the leagues that you're in. And you know, circling back to the veto thing, I just feel like some people just don't want to see other teams move anyone around, and if they're threatened by it. But it, like I said, in our league, it's kind of fun because we see these trades happen and we'll be like, did you see that? What do you think about that? Did you, oh, you think it was pretty good? I guess you're right. Or whatever. And kind yeah. of move on yeah. from there. But I just think the whole veto system, I, every time I hear someone saying, oh, it got vetoed, I'm like, of course it did. Of course it did. Like, it, it will always get vetoed if you have trash people in your league because they just don't want to see anything happen. It's like, how boring is that? Yeah. And so there, there are, I mean, you see it all the time where a trade goes through and you're like, Oh man, if I knew that guy was available, I would have, or if I knew you could get him for that little, I'd have given, you know, and that happens to me all the time. But if I'm not putting in the work, if I'm not putting stuff out there, how can I then say, well, you shouldn't get that guy because I wanted him or or anything like that. It just, yeah, I, I can't do it. I couldn't do a league like that. And as a commissioner for a lot of my leagues, We've we've all seen so many trades that have flip flopped down down the way that sorry yeah. that you know it's now I'm like yep send it go all right yeah I mean sure. I'll talk shit you know to somebody and be like why did you do that it was so awful and then it all has a way even itself yeah, out yeah, totally but I'm glad you brought that up about the troll like troll bowl and stuff that's a really good point so people that are starting leagues or whatever like punishments are funny like oh last place haha you got to go out and walk the corner or you got to you know golf in a dress whatever that stuff's that stuff's funny to me i think that's great i think that's good motivation um but you know having having something on the line is super important so you don't get those absentee things you know guys are fighting for their playoff lives and if one guy just gets a cakewalk because someone else isn't participating, yeah, that because sucks. they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, like, oh, I don't sucks. care. I don't need to set a lineup. Like, yeah. So have have something on the line, whether yeah. it's with draft order for next year or punishments or whatever, and make everyone play it out. Yeah. It makes it way more fun. Hundred percent. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of like of our Keystone League. Some of my biggest celebrations are getting out of the Troll Bowl. Oh, geez. oh man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like you win, you win. Like in the in the playoffs, you win. You're you're pumped. You're, All right, let's do it. Let's move on. But you're still like, oh, I need my team to do this, and I need my team to do that. In our troll bowl, when you out, it's like it's a celebration. I remember one yeah. year. I think it might have been my first or second year, Joe. We both got out the same week, <laughs> and we did like a position by position bet. Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah and they yeah. were like huge bets but we were like so happy we'll do whatever i remember i uh lost one and i had to uh chauffeur you and lil around take you guys to a bar come pick you up take you to dinner and like i didn't care i loved it that wasn't even just a that was not a league winning that wasn't a week that was a one position of one week after we were out of the troll yeah we are that game didn't even matter right there was nothing at all (laughs) yeah 
That was a great bet too. And man, Nick, Nick did such a good job. Like people can phone in bets at times. Nick showed up shirt and tie. Yeah, yeah. He had champagne in the back seat. The oh. car was immaculate. Like it had got detailed. He had like mints on this, like the center console. Like he went and we went to like, uh, sorry for the people that are out of town, but we went to Argus. It's a real nice cocktail bar downtown. Real nice place. Nick seriously double parks out there, throws the hazards on, and stands outside the car, <laughs> like, like he's he's bouncing his own automobile. He's like, I "Don't touch it. it! Don't even fucking look at it!" <laughs> it was it was awesome. So well done on paying up on that one. That was a fun night. Yeah, that was that was fun. I, I had fun doing it too, even though even though I lost, but it was it was a good time. Because the whole time you were thinking about, oh, man, I could have fucking been in the trouble. Right, right. <laughs> this is way better. I was out of the I trouble. I am celebrating right now. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, let us know if you like today's show. Uh, I always want to know if you think we did okay. Um, I feel like we did. Patreon members reach out to us on Discord. Non-Patreon, Non-Patreon members reach out via email. That is fantasyondraft at gmail.com, and that is D-R-A-U-G-H-T, the old school draft. Or let's be real, text Jimmy. I'll take it all. All 17 of you guys can text me if you have my number. Except for my mom. Mom, call me. You're <laughs> supposed to call me when you listen. Um, thanks, guys. How, how did you guys think we did? Oh, I always think we kill it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I always have a good time here, so I'm, I'm happy with it, and I'm just so excited for the season to start. We're so close. Let's go. Oh, my word. Draft on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, friends. Tip your bartenders. Adios.